You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. Uh, big show today. We're going to talk with Joshua Neighbors of the Locked On Big 12 Podcast as we get set for Texas. Texas Tech tomorrow night, or tomorrow, I should say, Big 12 tournament. A game that's been a year in the making. This time last year, it, that game was being canceled. Uh, and then eventually sports stopped uh, until football and basketball came back uh, essentially this last year. Uh, but we're going to kick it off. We're going to start it off with some depth chart talk. We're talking spring depth chart. We're going to look at the offensive side of the ball. We're going to focus there. Uh, and then on a later episode, probably tomorrow, uh, we'll start talking defensive side of the ball. But obviously, we're going to start at the top. We're going to start at quarterback. You know, the big thing, the big question everybody's got is who's going to win between Hudson Card, Casey Thompson. You know, going into the spring, you know, sometimes there's position groups that you need to find out about from a depth perspective, but they got to find a starter here at quarterback. We talked a lot about Casey Thompson. You know, he finally getting his opportunity, redshirt junior, uh, you know, going into the class of 2021. Hudson Cards being a sophomore. Not real sure how you classify him considering COVID-19. There was no red shirts. Last year didn't count, so it's almost like it is his freshman season all over again coming up this year. But let's start there at the quarterback position. I think Casey Thompson has shown, you know, he showed a little bit in the Alamo Bowl with his ability to move the offense, throw the ball down the field. Shows that ability to move around in the pocket, create. Off-platform is not a problem for him. Uh, So we've kind of seen that, and I think... You know, that's going to be beneficial in this offense, being able to create. Because because there are so many questions with the offensive line. And we'll get into the offensive line here in just a minute. Uh, but really, I think right now, you know, you have 1A and 1B when you talk about Casey Thompson, Hudson Card. You know, I think Card could probably be the better quarterback overall. Uh, but I, I think you have to give Casey Thompson an opportunity to at least start the season. Uh, but it all boils down to what they do in spring. That's going to be the big thing. Who gets... Who can really take hold of that Sarkeesian offense? It's a brand new offensive system, brand new install. Who's going to be the one to take over that? Let's start with Casey Thompson, and then let's see if he can hold off Hudson Card, who everybody I've talked to are, are really excited about Card, and, and he's you know viewed as the next prolific passer. One thing that they haven't had, you know, it's Sam Ellinger did a lot of good things, but being known as a prolific passer was not one of them. That wasn't his game. You know, some quarterbacks just don't play that way. And he definitely was not. But, you know, Card fits that role. So let's see kind of how it goes. I think running back's pretty cut and dry when you look at it. You know, you got your starter, Bijan Robinson. And I, I point to him first. Obviously, you know, you have the more experienced running back in Roshan Johnson. But when you look at Bijan Robinson, everything that he did, everything that he's done this last year, Towards the end of the season, his ability to create. Um, and obviously, as the later part of the season, he finally was able to score some touchdowns because he was getting those opportunities. 
you know, so that's that's a big area to look at. Uh, slot receiver, you know, some of these we're going to go through fairly quickly because I think you're cut and dry. I think Jake Smith is your starter, your backup, Jordan Whittington. You know, one thing I want to see is both of these guys on the field at the same time, something that we didn't see last year when it came to Tom Herman's offense, uh, Mike Yurcich's offense, whatever you want to say. Let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade. It was Tom Herman's offense. You know, so we'd like to see both of them on the field together. Uh, you get into the Z receiver, again, Joshua Moore, uh, maybe Marcus Washington uh, playing a little bit over there as well. Uh, Joshua Moore was their best wide receiver, and he was their breakout star last year uh, when everything was all said and done. That That's where we're looking at right now when you look at that offense and, and, and you look at that Z receiver. Uh, I think, again, much like the slot receiver, it's very cut and dry. We know exactly who's going to be there. Uh, we know exactly who's going to start. Now, wide receiver at the X position, that's where it gets a little different. Because when you look at a Steve Sarkeesian offense, especially if you look back at Alabama, he didn't have that traditional X guy. And, and what I mean by that is your bigger wide receivers. Now, he will have that at Texas because he will have sophomore Troy Omier towards ACL in fall camp last year. So we're finally going to get an opportunity to see him. Now, we're not going to see him in the spring uh, as he's still recovering, but he should be good to go by the time fall camp rolls around. That'll give him a full year to recover from ACL surgery. Uh, beyond him, you could look at Alvante Woodard, uh, junior wide receiver, 6'2", 214 pounds out of Houston. Um, you know, and then there's some, some guys beyond them, right? Some guys to look at. If you go back and look at the slot, maybe the Z, maybe uh, Calvante Dixon can work his way into there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the wide receivers fit uh, in this offense. All right, and before we get to our chat with Joshua Neighbors, we're going to stop at the tight end position. Now, the guy that's going to be listed as a starter, fifth-year senior, Cade Brewer, who decided to come back for another year. Now, he's not the receiving threat of some of these other guys that you're going to hear about. You know, Jared Wiley, he's a guy that really can change it for them on that end. So how does Jared Wiley look? How do they use this? Are they going to use Brewer in more blocking? Are they going to use Jared Wiley in receiving? Are they going to put him out wide at the X maybe in certain instances? Maybe run him as a big slot? Those are the two guys to look at. You got a couple wild cards here. Obviously, Jatavion Sanders is a five-star incoming freshman. He played on both sides of the ball, and, and before Herman was relieved of duties, we had heard that Sanders was going to play both ways. And, and so when we looked at it, we're like, okay, well, that's, you know, we kind of felt that's where they were at. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it fits. I think he's more going to be geared toward the offense and, and using him and, and try to get him into the red zone, have a red zone presence there. Uh, Braden Lybrock is another guy that I really like. It's just he's not getting the opportunities because of, you know, the the seniority ahead of him. When you're talking about junior Jared Wiley, senior Cade Brewer. So it'll be interesting if Braden Lybrock can get in there. Uh, Malcolm Epps, what do you do with him? I think he could get some looks at wide receiver personally. I kind of feel like that might be the way to go. And like I said, next we're going to talk uh, with my man Josh Neighbors, the Locked On Big 12 podcast as we get you ready for Texas. Texas Tech. Big 12 tournament that is going down tomorrow. Bracket isn't supposed to be perfect, but with Manscaped Performance Package, 
you can be confident that your nose, ear, and ball pubes are. As we're getting older and as I've gone into my 30s, you got the nose hair, the ear hair. Pulling it out with tweezers, it can be painful. But the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and the number one overall seed this season. Including in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. It provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tools for the job here? The amazing bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. It checks every box for a final four run. And let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine and keep you fresh and ready for anything. Get the performance package now and receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Talk about comfort, the boxers are my favorite. Another favorite of mine are those Crop Mop Wipes. Cool and refreshing ball butt and body wipes for peak male hygiene and extra care when it matters most. Your purchase goes towards a good cause because they're partnered with the GOAT, Alex Caruso, and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men, age 15 to 35, and giving support for our fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of the we save balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on NCAA. Again, that's L O C K E D O N N C A A. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy during the dance. All right, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is that amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, we got German chocolate cake versus salted caramel. And we got that mocha love versus white chocolate birthday cake. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go with German chocolate. And then I have to go with mocha love because I do love that coffee flavor, that mocha flavor. Fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com or at built underscore bar on twitter remember use the promo code locked on 20 l-o-c-k-d-o-n two zero to get 20 percent off your next order that is the locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar we're covering everything you need to know about the texas longhorns but what about the rest of sports now the locked on podcast network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now joining me on the Locked On Longhorns podcast is the host of Locked On Big 12, Josh Neighbors. Follow him on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. Uh, he's coming to you every Monday through Friday on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. And obviously, Josh, the big story this week, we like tonight is the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, the game for Texas, Texas Tech is coming in on Thursday. Uh, but a lot of excitement considering the fact that this time last year, 
we were getting on the floor and then the whole thing was canceled. So we actually get a tournament this year. I know a lot of people don't really care about the tournament. They're just worried about the big dance that comes after it. But, you know, you covering all of the Big 12, are you excited about this tournament taking place after a lot of uncertainty throughout the year? Yeah, it's it's unbelievably interesting, Patrick, because this game last year, uh, at the time, I was not doing Locked On Big 12, but I do uh, did and still do work for SiriusXM. I work for the Big 12 channel. So I remember a lot of the conversation going into this game last year was Shaka's job is on the line. Um, the winner of this game basically was going to get into the NCAA, NCAA tournament. The loser was kind of, I think if Tech lost, they were still fine. I think if Texas lost, I don't know. I really don't know. And I, I think that's why it was so intriguing. And it really was the day that everything stopped. Um, that, that's that's the crazy part about it, right? And now, and now it feels so vivid to be here a year later. And um, these two teams coming from, I guess, drastically different spots you know, than they were last year, right? Shaka feels a bit more secure. One of the more talented teams, actually, stop, the most talented team that he has had, right? I mean, this team is by far the most talented group Shaka's had there. And, and I think if it weren't for the COVID pause, the conversation around this Texas team would be a lot different than it, than it is now. They'd be looking at probably a top four seed, in my opinion, if it weren't for that COVID pause that halted their season. So um, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Texas fan. I, I'm just so thrilled to have this tournament back. Uh, the fact that OU is playing on the first day shows you how deep this tournament is. Yeah, it shows how how bad OU's been down the stretch. But this Patrick, I mean, this thing's loaded like from top to bottom. I mean, we are already guaranteed to get Oklahoma State, West Virginia. We're already guaranteed to get Cade Cunningham versus WVU, and we're already guaranteed to get Tech and Texas. Yeah, you know, and you know, you brought that up. I think the, the last year you talk about the sports world just stopped. Right. It was Texas, Texas Tech. I think that ultimately saved Shaka Smart's job because I didn't feel confident they were going to win that back. It did. It did. Despite, it, despite the fact that they just beat Tech like a couple weeks or a week prior to that uh, in Lubbock, uh, which was actually, if you go back and look, I think it was the first time, you know, seven out of the last eight games, Texas has lost to Texas Tech, you know, and, and so, you know, they've finally got off the schneid or whatever. I, I didn't feel like it was a good matchup for him. And coming into this year, obviously, Chaka's smart. He's got the most talented team he's ever had. Uh, but are they good enough to beat Texas Tech? And, and that's the big question is, can they beat Tech in this game? Uh, who who do they have to slow down? Who does Texas have to slow down on that Texas Tech team? For me, it's Mac McClung. Uh, I think he just, you know, he can be streaky. Uh, but when he's on, he's on. And, you know, and, and that spells big trouble for a team that at times has looked good on perimeter defense, and then other times rotation really gets them. Yeah, so for them, the key is obviously stop McClung, but Texas Tech is at their best when they share the basketball. We saw this. OU did a good job of sharing the ball against Texas when they made their comeback uh, in, in that game last week. I guess I can't remember what the game was, but, yeah, I think it was last week. Um, and that that's what Texas has to be aware of is, yeah, they, they need to have all five guys defending when it comes to tournament time, when they're playing these good teams, because we saw a team like, oh, you can get on a run. And I think I, I like Texas, Texas on a neutral floor. I like them in a neutral floor, neutral setting, not having to go on the road, because let's be honest, I mean, th there was still a good crowd there a couple Saturdays ago when they played Texas, uh, Texas Tech. And so I like Texas in this game, but 
Yeah, you have to mind your P's and Q's. And in a game like this, use that size advantage. Clean the glass. Only give Texas Tech one opportunity. And that's the key for Texas is making sure there's no second chance points. And if you can do that against Texas Tech, you should be in good shape. Because as much as I want to D you up on the perimeter guards, between Ramey, Coleman, and Jones, they should be able to find good shots. One more thing, too, and I know you've been saying this probably all year, they got to make some free throws. If they're serious about going in deep in March Madness, they got to make their free throws because you look at the margins and some of their losses, and if you basically say they missed 15, half that, you know, they make seven more free throws, then they win a lot of those, a lot of those games. That's a key for Texas. Yeah, it's the it's essentially the big guy down in the block. You talk about Jericho Sims. If he goes to the line, I you know I just close my eyes, cross my fingers. I'm like, please, just make like go one for two every time you're at the line. Just give me one, uh, because you know it's been so inconsistent. And and you're right about that. I think the inconsistent shooting of Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey plays a lot into some of their issues that mm-hmm. they've had. You know, in recent games where the two of them are combining, they're going two for nineteen from three point line. It's like all right, the three-point shot's not there, guys. Drive. Drive and kick out, you know, and, and hopefully they get some help off the bench. I think the length and the size of this team is really going to help them when you talk about Kai Jones and you talk about Royce Ham and Jericho and, uh, you know, Greg Brown. Um, you know, those guys can really put, you know, some pressure on opposing defense, and, and hopefully I think that's how they're going to have to do it. So let's say that Texas gets by Tech in the quarterfinals. They're likely going to play Kansas in the next round. Do you think that they have it in them to beat Kansas again? Let's remember, Texas is the last team to defeat Kansas uh, in twice. the last month. Yeah, they, they beat, beat them, them twice, twice. but it, This year, they beat them right. twice. And, but you're just going on this. Now, Kansas has kind of been on a hot streak. Let's not, let's not forget that, but Texas was the last team to beat them. Do you think Texas can get by Kansas again for the third time? It's hard beating any team three times in a year, uh, and then get hopefully to Baylor. I mean, I mean, what? Yes, I think they do. And I say, even when I, you know, even yesterday, I, I said this in the podcast. I think Texas beats Kansas. And the big news is this: uh, Dave McCormick's not playing in the Big Twelve tournament. The, the news came out today. Bill Self said it. Dave McCormick is on the shelf in in uh, COVID protocols. Um, and so is Enrutu, I believe, as well for them. So they've got two guys who are going to be out uh, through, you know, with COVID protocol throughout the entire tournament or the, the Big 12 tournament, that is. So I think that gives Texas a huge advantage, especially the interior. And I actually talked to Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. He covers Kansas. And I said, you know, really, isn't isn't Kansas kind of the worst case scenario for you all? Like, like a team, uh, you know, a team in Texas with three great guards and good interior play, like, that is really the disaster for KU because they can't use a lot of their advantages. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of been the thing for them moving forward. So, you know, I think uh, you got. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think getting just getting to the championship round of the Big 12 championship, Big 12 tournament is a win for Texas uh, because, you know what, I'm not going to say they're going to beat Baylor. I don't. I just don't see anybody beating Baylor. Yeah, no, Baylor has a they're, loss. They're but, up here and everybody else is But Jared, Jared Butler, both sides of the court, 
first team All American in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Don't even you know don't even think don't overthink it. Uh, Josh, I want to thank you for hopping on the show today. Make sure you follow Josh Neighbors on Twitter, like I said at Josh Neighbors underscore. Check out the Locked On Big Twelve podcast each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of the sports action. Yes, football is over, but there's NBA, college basketball going into their conference tournaments, NCAA tournament coming up behind them, NHL is in full swing, and we're not that far away from baseball season with the first pitch coming. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free. Head on over to betonline.ag on the website, uh, or you can use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure that you're using that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you go out to BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to be subscribed to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft. Once again, I want to thank Joshua Neighbors hopping on the show, talking some basketball. We're going to go back. So football, uh, first segment I told you we were going to talk a little bit about this this offensive line. And, you know, that's going to be an important part. And why I thought Casey Thompson might be the better quarterback to have because he can create outside the pocket. He can create on the move, throw off platform. Those are going to be important parts. Why? Because there's so much uncertainty when it comes to the offensive line. Now at left tackle, I think it starts with Andrej Carrick. Now, I have heard the rumors, I've heard concerns with Carrick's length at the position. They've talked about putting Christian Jones at the left tackle position. I think it starts with those two right there. I think those are the two guys that you really got to watch during the spring to see kind of who takes the lead. My problem with Christian Jones is we saw him at right tackle last year. And he was one of the worst offensive tackles in the conference in giving up pressures according to pro football focus. So when I look at him, I'm not necessarily excited about the potential, the thought of him being, you know, being that guy on the offensive line, uh, especially at left tackle where you're having to protect the quarterback, uh, protect their blind side. That's going to be a big problem uh, because when you go back and you look at the total number of pressures allowed, Christian Jones allowed 27. Right guard Denzel Okafor. 23 you know so that was an issue the right side of the offensive line was an issue I don't want to start out my 2021 campaign under Steve Sarkeesian on the offensive line with Christian Jones as my left tackle if you want to play him at right tackle I can understand but I do not like the idea of playing him at left tackle considering the fact that Andrew Carrick while he didn't play as much he played a total of 106 snaps 109 of those which came at left tackle I'm sorry he played 109 total, 106 at left tackle, and he gave up zero pressures. 
Give me that guy. I don't care about the length. If he can do the job, why not stick with it? See if he can do it. Maybe a wild card would be Jalen Garth. He's a guy that could probably play either tackle spot. Uh, so give me Carrick right there. That's the guy I'm looking at. Left guard, I think that's set in stone. Junior Angelau, uh, who played the position last year. Uh, he gave up a total of 14 pressures last year. Gave up two quarterback hits and two sacks, according to Pro Football Focus. Another name to consider, Logan Parr. Uh, is a guy who can play interior, so we'll see, we'll kind of keep an eye on him. But I think Angelau is is pretty set, and I think that also helps having him at left guard when you look at the left tackle position and having more of a more inexperienced left tackle. Having an experienced guard next to him will play well. Uh, when you look at center, I think it's Jake Majors. Uh, he showed up well last year. He played the center position in the final game of the year against Kansas State. When they moved Derek Kersetter out to right tackle, but he would end up getting hurt. Um, and they, I, I just think with the experience that he received and how well he played, uh, they should play Jake Majors right there. He allowed four pressures uh, in three games. So, I, you know, I, I can look at that and, and feel pretty confident with Jake Majors right there. At the right guard position, again, Denzel Okafor. Uh, and then Isaiah Hookfin, who's a guy I thought might make some noise last year. Uh, before he was essentially shut down for injury, but those are the two guys to watch there. I hope I'm hoping uh, Hookman can win because based on what we saw last year from Denzel Okafor, he leaves a lot to be desired. He it's there's there I'm having an issue with that right side of the offensive line needs to be upgraded. I think Isaiah Hookman's a little more athletic. He's a guy at six five and three hundred fourteen pounds, and the way that guy moves, you wouldn't believe that he's that size. Uh, and then right tackle, I think. It, it begins and ends with, with Derek Kerstetter. I think he's kind of the guy. He's coming back from fifth year. Is he going to be prepared to go in the spring? Doubt it. Um, you know, considering he just had the surgery and, and it's a pretty uh, elongated recovery process. Uh, maybe they play Christian Jones there at right tackle instead uh, until Derek Kerstetter can get back. But when it's all said and done, I expect Dirk, Derek Kerstetter, the senior, the experienced guy, to play right tackle. I think they need him i definitely think they need his leadership for sure on the field and i think he's just a better right tackle than he is a center that's why i'm not even considering putting him in the middle with jake majors and rafiti germai right there in the middle of that offensive line but that's going to do it for this edition of the locked on longhorns podcast make sure you tune in tomorrow we're going to get into the defensive side of the ball and kind of where we think things stand with the texas longhorns as spring football approaches that's going to do it for me i'll check you out tomorrow hook them